If you want Colts talk all year long, you're in the right place. This is the official Colts podcast, giving you an updated look at what's new with the horseshoes. Gets off to Taylor. He's in. Touchdown. I-N-D-Y. Fires that way. Picked off. Darius Leonard at the five-yard line. Plants in the pocket. The Colts bring it down. A sack for Indianapolis. Steps up in the end zone. He throws. Michael Pittman. Touchdown. Let's get the podcast started. Welcome to the Colts official podcast. My name is Jeffrey Gorman, along with Matt Taylor, Lara Overton, JJ Stankovitz will be here. Brought to you by our friends at winbet.com. Coming up today, whoa, baby, buckle up. It's going to be fun. We got a new quarterback in Indianapolis and Sam Ellinger. We're going to discuss what that means for him, a little bit of Matt Ryan's future in Indy, what the offense looks like under Sam Ellinger. We're going to discuss the loss of the Titans first, though. That's the most important thing, Maytay, wins and losses. Now, <laughs> no doubt, no this doubt. loss that happened by nine points down in Nashville marked the fifth straight setback to these Titans uh, who swept the Colts for the second straight season. And I'm telling you this. I know there's a big move at quarterback, and I know that hopefully Shaq Leonard's back this week and everything, but when there's meetings in March, in February, and they get into the wee hours of the morning, I know that the the main crux of those football front office discussions are beat Tennessee, win the division, easiest way to the playoffs. The most important part of this season is staying in the race, if you will. This mm-hmm. this virtually put us out of it. We need so much luck to win the division. So I'm saying, Matt, it happened again. A second straight sweep from the Titans. And now the quarterback change, which is a potential Hall of Famer in Matt Ryan sitting. In comes University of Texas, second-year guy, good leader, <laughs> Sam Ellinger. A lot going on. A lot going on. Lots lot to process in the last uh, 48 hours, if you will, since the end of that uh, Tennessee game until now. You said it perfectly. Coming to the realization that you know winning the division uh, for the first time since 2014 that's going to be really difficult because now the most wins you can get in the division is two mm-hmm. it's I don't know if that's going to be enough no, it's not. I really don't I mean, think it's, it's, gonna it's be enough. not it's an NFL it's not gonna, it's, it's not right. going to be enough this team this franchise is looking at a wild card spot when it comes for their future and these playoffs that are coming up right and it's going to start with the new quarterback and you know, Tennessee, they, they, they did what Tennessee does. Jeez. I mean, we go back to the podcast last week. We said it's not a terrific roster in terms of all-star players and all-pro guys, but they're a great team. And I think the sum is, is better than the parts in a lot of areas on their team. And they don't make mistakes. They don't turn the football over. If you go back the last three games for the Colts, the last three games against Tennessee, they have nine turnovers. Nine. This year, the Colts lost the turnover battle 6-1. to one. Right. And Tennessee scored 24 points off of turnovers in two games against the Colts. So it's not hard to figure out why the Colts came up short twice to Tennessee. Jeffrey, the Colts outgained the Titans. Um, the Colts were better in the red zone. And the Colts didn't give up an offensive touchdown and still lost by two scores. How about that? So the, the turnovers are Oy. just absolute killers. And, it and is. That, it that's, is. that's the crux of this. Right change at quarterback and we'll get into that but um yeah a lot to process if you're a Colts fan in the last 48 hours all right let's do that with Maytay Matt Taylor voice of the Colts we're gonna go three and out right here I want to discuss these storylines let's have a rapid fire uh discussion on this Ellinger taking over okay um bottom line is this football team has been down by 13 points 
13 points to every division foe that they've played this year at halftime. In the first half, yeah. In the first half. They've been down by 13 points. I mean, that over and over again and getting donkey kicked like that is like enough is enough. Okay, Monday, Frank Reich at the press conference announced the change at quarterback. Ellinger's going to take over the remaining year of the season. It's his second year with the Colts. As we said earlier, drafted in the sixth round uh, out of Texas. Star in the preseason, Maytay. What can we build on that? That's what I wanted to concentrate on. This kid had 147 point something QBR <laughs> in the preseason. I mean, he was the media darling of yeah. this offense. So now he comes over, takes the ball. It is a little bit different. Defenses become a little bit quicker. Defensive schemes become different for Sam Ellinger. It's a big week for the young man, but do you like the switch? Yeah, I do. I do like the switch. And listen, again, there's a lot to process. And I, I sort of looked at this a couple of ways. In, in one way, when I first learned of this news, I was shocked because when it's all said and done, the Colts are benching Matt Ryan for Sam Ellinger. That's that's a 15-year pro, as you said, probably a future Hall of Famer, uh, ranks top 10 all-time in everything. It's not like this is just one game. The Colts are benching that for a guy that's never thrown a pass in an NFL game. And it, this, is, this is Sam Ellinger's show now for the remainder of the season. So in that case, it's astonishing. Um, you know, the Colts thought they were going to get Matt Ryan for two to three years if right. it went well. And now that relationship seems to be, at least for this season, over after seven games. But, Jeffrey, if you look at it from just a football standpoint and you remove the names and the faces from the equation, if you just look at how the season's gone, if you look at the the totals and the box scores and and things like that, it's clear that something needs to be done to give this offense a jolt. And it's unfortunate because Matt Ryan leads the NFL nine picks, leads the NFL with 12 turnovers, leads the NFL with – uh, 56 points off of turnovers, Ooh. leads the NFL with 11 fumbles, tied for the most sacks uh, stop taken. Stop it, Matt. Stop <laughs> it. Enough, bro. Enough. You know, the, the Colts' offense is sluggish. They're not protecting well. And, and that, that's the thing. It's, this is not all on Matt Ryan. No. You know, the receivers play a part in it. Uh, the running game plays a part in it. Obviously, the protection plays a part in it. Uh, but the Colts are only scoring, uh, scoring 16 points per game. They've only been over 20 points one time all season. So it's not all on the quarterback. But you can't change an entire offensive line, right. right? You can't change an entire, you know, receiving core. So you know the Colts didn't hold up their end of the bargain uh, with their quarterback. That's what Frank but- Reich said, and, and and it makes sense, Matt. People are trying to understand what that means. He said, "Hey, when we get when we're going to bring you to this offense, look at this offensive line. Mm-hmm. Look at this running game, Matt." I got, you know, this is for you. We've got this for you, ready to go. Right. And Frank Reich, you know, and, and, and tough, hum, tough, tough slice of humble pie said, hey, we didn't deliver on our, our no, end of the bargain. No, no, no one. You. Again, this is not all on the quarterback. No, no one has played well. Uh, it's a total team effort. And why you're 3-3-1, three, three and, and and there's still 10 games left. But we said it back in May when the schedule came out. This could be either really good for the Colts with all these division games at the beginning of the season really bad. or really bad. Right. And they have stubbed their toe in a big way. They've only won one game through five in the AFC South. And, you know, if you look at it from a devil's advocate standpoint, I get why people say, well, you're just punting the season, right? You're just, you're making this move. You're going to punt to not 2023. Not bro. Slow your roll not on ne- that one. Not necessarily, no, 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 no. right? But you do have to make a change because of the lack of mobility, because of all the turnovers with Matt Ryan. See what you have in Sam Ellinger, because you've been dying to, to see what he can do against live bullets, if you will. You know, the the knock on him is, well, he's doing it, but he's doing it in the preseason when he's going up against, you know, guys that are, that are going to get cut, right. twos and threes. So let's see what you got. You know, the Colts still obviously need to target the long-term answer at quarterback, you know, whether that's this draft, 2023, whatever it is. But, but see what you've got in Sam Ellinger. He's raw. He's dripping in potential. 
maybe he can provide a spark to the offense Absolutely. that's just it's been sluggish and, and he's got a different skill set. And he had a had a great off season working with the great Tom House. His arm becomes stronger. Frank Reich talks about the improbable throws that he can make this year that he didn't make last year mm-hmm. because of his mechanics, because of his strength and his arm. Getting back to Matt Ryan and everything he's done, a big hand clap. He's had some great games. Don't get me wrong. I mean, over five hundred total offense early in the year. His great comebacks. The comebacks this, this year. The comebacks this year. Great player, understood. But what does his future in Indy look like, Matt? With with Nick Foles. Uh yesterday Frank Reich saying, Hey, Nick Foles is gonna go to the two. Uh, Matt will be inactive, has mm-hmm. a bit of a shoulder tweak going on right now anyway. But what does his future look like in Indy? Because next year is under contract as well. No, it's a great point, and, and it's hard to know for sure. I mean, again, the Colts thought they were going to get Matt Ryan mm-hmm. for two years, maybe longer if it went really well. He was going to buy the Colts time to keep them competitive, you know, win an AFC South while also you know, affording them the ability to keep one eye on the future in the draft and, and, and obtain that long-term answer at quarterback, wherever that guy is and however that acquisition was going to come. But um, he's he's being relegated to the bench here after all the turnovers, after all the sacks, all the low-scoring games. And I think it is fair to wonder if this is just a one-year relationship or, in this case, just a seven-game relationship. I mean, it's crazy to think that the Colts have had now When you factor in Sam Ellinger, seven different quarterbacks under Frank Reich since 2018. Seven. Go ahead and rattle them off. I don't know if I can do it. Yeah, you can. Go ahead. Luck, Jacoby, Hoyer, uh, Phillip, Wentz, uh, Matt Ryan, and Ellinger. I mean, there's seven. seven? There's eight. Uh, Go again. I forgot about Hoyer. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't want to do it again. You kidding (laughs) me? Your point is made, man. Your point is made. I saw a guy with a Manning jersey on it next to it, and then a bunch of the taped names next to it, kind of like we were the Cleveland Browns when they were looking for a quarterback. It's not that bad. It's not that bad yet, but that's what we're getting to, man. It's a bad place to be in terms of that. But, no, I mean, if you look at the financials, and, again, I'm not a big financials guy, but obviously, you know, the Colts have spent – a ton of money on There's about on 25 mil this year to Matt Ryan, about 12 yeah. mil uh, up, you know, up to him next year. So yeah. it's a lot of Jim Irsay money right. that's going to this guy that may never take another snap in Indianapolis. We don't know, but may take more importantly this offense now a complete switch from Matt uh, from Matt Ryan to mm-hmm. Sam Ellinger. Matt, I love you, but he can't scurry around in the in the pocket. He doesn't have the footwork and stuff. Sam Ellinger, now that's a different animal. Yeah. What does this offense look like with Sam? Are they quick passes? Are they a lot of cutters over the middle, crossing patterns, out patterns? I don't know. He's got a strong arm, like we said, but more importantly, what does it, what does it do for Jonathan yeah. Taylor, and what does it do for the Colts in a passing situation, Maytay, that breaks down good coverage, but this kid can get the eight and a half yards that he needs for a first down? He can, and I I, I do think it, it boils down to more mobility because the offensive line is having a really a tough true year. RPO, then let's yeah. go, and and that's part of it. So having a quarterback with some mobility should help a great deal. We saw in the preseason, this guy can scramble. He's got a lot of elusiveness about him. He's got that 45-yard scramble for a touchdown in the preseason. I mean, he was a dual threat in college. You know, third and seven, third and six, if things break down, like that's a backbreak. We saw that Ryan Tannehill did that against the Colts. He I mean, always does that against the Colts. That's a backbreaker for, for a defense if you give up a scramble for a first down uh, particularly in the in the fourth quarter with the games on the line. You know, he just has that it factor about him when it comes to knowing when to take off and, and scramble and get down, protect himself. So, um, like you said, his throwing mechanics and that arm velocity, it's greatly improved from last year. I mean, there's there's no way. I, I don't think if, if this was the case last year where the Colts are struggling this much on offense, right. I don't think Sam Ellinger's ready. Mm-hmm. But I think he is now because he's got those secondary throws, if you will, the – the deep outs or the digs or the the long overs. So he can can make those throws now. We saw that in training camp. So I think that helps. What also helps is 
Sam Ellinger's presence should, in theory, on paper, schematically help the running game in Jonathan Taylor because what it does, it's a threat for, for Sam Ellinger now to keep the ball glide it into the hands of Jonathan Taylor, but keep the ball on a read zone or a read option. If the end's crashing down or something, exactly. you got the outside, go, Sam, So you, go. You, In a sense, you've added an, an extra gap mm-hmm. on either side of the center in the running game, and he's also got the threat of the bootlegs and being able to move the pocket on a pass formation. So you're not going to be able to jam the box, if you will, if you're a defense, knowing that he can get out of the pocket to either run or throw. So that should help the Colts. It should help Jonathan Taylor. And it should also help the the amount of blitzes mm-hmm. that the Colts are seeing because no no hold on Mate. these defensive coordinators are sorry are throwing the kitchen sink because the bread truck right. and the kids toys at Sam Ellinger because no 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 as again no, he's they, never faced an NFL defense Sam I'm just telling you right now watch the blitz bro because they're coming see I think it works in the other way I think that's been happening to Matt Ryan because of his mobility. They're not respecting his ability to get out on the edge and scramble. But they also know he can torture with that. If he's got an eighth of a second to get rid of the ball, is Sam Ellinger that same quarterback? That's what we're going to find out. I I don't, again, on paper, I don't think the Colts will see as many unorthodox blitzes because I I think teams are getting away from their their pass rush lanes on Matt Ryan, knowing even if he does break contain, he's not going to go very far right. because he's 37 years old right. and, and pretty you know immobile at this point in his career. That's not the case for Sam Ellinger. So I think you're not going to see as many just crazy all-out free blitzers against this Colts offensive line. So the RPO game should help. I just think schematically it should help the running game. But, again, at the end of the day, like, Jeffrey, let's go back to you and I sitting underneath the tent at Grand Grand Park Park, in Westfield, and somebody from the future says, hey, two months from now, Sam Ellinger is going to be your starting quarterback. The Colts are going to be 1-3-1 and in the division. And and, Matt Ryan's healthy. And Matt Ryan may not be here in 2023. We would have said, huh? No, no way. What what alternate Marty McFly universe are you from? But. Here we are. No, no kidding. It's going to be a fun thing, though. Let's find the good. That's what we like to do on this show. Here's the good, Mate. They could be making Disney movies about this kid in 20 years from now. Well, the story's there. I mean, it is yeah. there. The Sam Ellinger story is there. He yeah. knows what it takes to play on the biggest level, playing at UT. As I said before, I make the joke, he's popular than the, than the governor of Texas for four <laughs> years when you're done. When you're, he was a four-year guy. I'm just Let's saying, not forget yeah, that. Like, right? He knows the you big talk time. About, I think, honestly, I think being the, the starting quarterback at Texas mm-hmm. might in some ways come with more pressure than being a starting quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> You're kind of right on that one. I'm not. You know what I mean? You are not mistaken. And we're going to find out what this means for our offensive line. Mate, take a seat for a second. See ya. We're going to go for some Week 7 fallout. We do that with Lara Overton and J.J. Stankovitz. Guys, thanks for being here. Lara, I'm going to start with you. The message that starting Sam Ellinger sends to this locker room, which is loaded with young players and veterans alike, the outside procession is, hey, we're taking a tank for this. In comes Sam Ellinger. What say you? I don't think it's a tank. I think it's first an admission that this has not go the way that you projected it to go. And that's one of the things that Frank included in his statement yesterday is, hey, we didn't come through with producing the run game or the protection that we promised when, you know, we lured Matt in here. I mean, Matt had to approve the trade to come to Indianapolis. So what we sold him on, we haven't followed through on. So what I think it says first is that we're not where we were supposed to be. We're not where we expected to be. And now we're willing to do whatever it takes to try new things to figure out and get this right. And they do have a ton of confidence in Sam Ellinger. I do not think this is a tank. What I think it is is – 
we've got to explore every option we have within this locker room before we figure out if we've got to go a different route in securing a quarterback. And I think this goes to look at what you did with the offensive line. You reworked what you had to try to figure out a winning combination. Now you're doing that with the quarterback position. What do we have here? Let's exhaust all options. We used a draft pick on Sam Ellinger. It's a guy who has invested immensely in the offseason to improve his throwing mechanics, to improve his velocity and his throws, because that was the big knock on him out of college. Incredibly mobile, very smart quarterback, phenomenal you know, X's and O's, dissecting defenses, but did he have the arm talent? Did he have the arm strength in the next level? So he spends the all, all of the offseason with Tom House working on exactly that. Okay, now let's see if this plays dividends and how it works, because we are seeing the trend of offenses across the league going away from these pocket passers, going to more mobile quarterbacks. Hey, that's what we have in Sam Ellinger. Let's see if he provides us a long-term option or at least an option to put us in winning position this year. I think what, Larry, you brought up about the rest of the team here is a really good point because when I, when I was listening to Frank yesterday talk about why the Colts made this move, this was not just a Matt Ryan thing. Matt Ryan, you know, he has not played up to his standards, certainly, and he bears some responsibility in how the Colts' offense has played through the first seven games. But Sam Ellinger in this offense might be a better fit. And the Colts at least want to find out. And it, so to me, that has less to do with Matt Ryan and more to do with Sam Ellinger and the skill set he possesses and the ability to, you know, what Frank talked about is, hey, you might get one or two scrambles a game on third down where you convert those. You know, when you get a third and eight and they're, they heat you up and they get pressure, Sam has the ability to escape from that pressure and maybe turn that into a first down instead of taking a sack or throwing it away or throwing an interception. That that little tweak and just that ability to avoid pressure, which has been a consistent thing that Matt Ryan has had to deal with this year, I think benefits this offense in a way that Matt Ryan at 37, for all he's accomplished, he's not someone who is a mobile quarterback. And you mentioned the kind of maybe that decline of that traditional pocket passer. I got some numbers on that. We got a really good mailbag question about that good. later in the podcast to get into that because Matt Ryan's not the only pocket passer who has struggled this season. I think it's also partially the scenario of Matt Ryan deserved better than what you provided him, and he's going to keep going out there and fighting right. for you week in and week out unless you make this type of move. So it's one of those situations where is it malpractice to continue with a grade two se shoulder separation, putting him out there when you aren't providing the level of protection, and he's going to get his ass kicked week in and week out yeah. like we have seen in, what, six out of the seven games? We sure have. The Jacksonville win aside. I mean, and the way that the Colts offense was playing – you know, in that Jacksonville game, it worked for that game where it was 58 dropbacks, but it was a lot of quick game. It was get the ball out in under two and a half seconds. It's not feasible to pass 50 times a game. Right. It's not feasible to pass 50 times a game, and it's not feasible to run that kind of offense week in and week out because Tennessee said, all right, you want to do that. We're going to keep everything in front of us, and we're going to make our tackles, and you're going to struggle to get those efficient gains Um you know, and it, it, that doesn't have anything to do with the wide receivers in that game. It's just that's how Tennessee played. And if that's the formula for getting the most out of your offense, that's tough to do over the course of a 17-game season. It's up to Sam Ellinger, the quarterback so, so important. We're not saying anything new to you here to find out what this team does in its last 10 games, Lara. But now we got an offense to look at. Well, I have Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman Jr., one of the best. What does this offense look like under Sam Ellinger? How many? I mean, I know we're crystal balling right now and taking a guess, but like, guys, I want to know how many how many attempts is he going to have in your eyes? How many times is he going to carry the ball? What does it look like for Jonathan Taylor? 
Well, I think that comes down to what's the offensive line going to give you? Are they going yeah. to create opportunities for you to utilize Jonathan Taylor, or are you going to force Sam Ellinger into some situations where he has to roll out and make plays with his feet? I mean, he did impressive things in the preseason. Yes. There is no doubt. There is a reason for intrigue with what you have in Sam Ellinger, albeit that that was, again, second and third string defenses. Yes, you aren't, you know, that's not a situation where you're facing Jeffrey Simmons and Danico Autry right. in those situations. However, it's enough to spark the curiosity. Curiosity yeah. of mm-hmm. what there is. What I think Sam Ellinger gives you is versatility, and that's something that you have not really had in a while within this offense. It allows you to be creative, to utilize him in different ways, to utilize other parts of this offense in different ways because you aren't locked into the ability to really only run this offense one way. Yeah, and, and the other thing I want to know is how defenses play Sam Ellinger because there there's not that much – tape on that either you know in the preseason defenses are playing vanilla you're not going to get these you know more exotic disguised coverages Um, you know it is good that he did play Tampa in the preseason where Tampa I mean Todd Bowles he just blitzes all the time so he faced a couple blitzes in that game including on the 45 yard touchdown he had the the touchdown run where they sent a uh, a five-man pressure and he just took off against a single high cover one look and ran it in for a touchdown (laughs) it was a great play but you know, how do defenses, do they disguise more cover two looks against him to try to confuse him early on in his career? Do they try to throw some simulated pressures at him, you know, where you got guys dropping from the defensive line? How, how do defenses attack Ellinger? And then what's his response to that? Because once he gets a couple of games of film on tape, that's when defenses are going to start to adjust. How does he adjust to their adjustment? And here's what I learned from Frank yesterday when I had him in studio and we had a conversation about what he has seen from Sam on the practice field because he noted how impressive Sam has been. And Sam, it's it's also worth noting too, Sam has gotten work with the ones. Since he was elevated to the number two spot a few weeks ago, he has been consistently running with the ones in practice because you thought there might be in-game situations, short yardage situations that you wanted to utilize him like the Colts did in 20 when you had the combination of Phillip Rivers and Jacoby Brissett. Okay, so he's had time. What I asked Frank about was the velocity and the throwing motion and the work that he did with Tom House in the offseason. Of course, Tom's worked with you know, all, all of the quarterbacks, well-known, well-established, well-respected here within the organization. And one of the things that Coach Reich told me is a lot of times when you have guys who do that type of work and they'll spend several weeks in the offseason – all they end up doing is reverting back to their old habits. They're unable to sustain those changes and those improvements that they make because you get away from it and you're doing all of the other things. He said one of the things that's encouraging is Sam never reverted back. He's continued to grow in terms of what you've gotten from him in the passing game, and that is what defenses won't be able to anticipate for a while. Go ahead, JJ. But Sam, in the preseason, he did an interview, uh, Jeffrey, with you and Matt Taylor, where he talked about working on his biomechanical signature and and these things where it's not just, all right, I'm getting my base set and yeah, I'm gonna whip it, but then when he get the you know, get into an actual game, you kinda revert back. I think that's a really great point that Frank made. Um, because Sam is really working on almost like the the neuropathways in his brain. This is like really advanced stuff that he he said, you know, look, this is a two year plan for him to really improve in this aspect. It's not easy to improve your velocity at this point in your career, but Sam is doing it. Right, right. And, and also worth noting that the type of professional and teammate and man that Matt Ryan is, 
He's committed to helping Sam Ellinger, and that was something Frank pointed out in his press conference is that, you know, Matt's not going to be practicing this week, but he is committed to doing everything he can to help this team. So you think about the asset, too, that Sam Ellinger has in already the time he spent with Matt Ryan, but then also being able to have him in his corner in these situations. That's Lara Overton. J.J. Stankovic is here. We can guess all we want about how Sam is going to play in this offense, but he's going to answer those questions. This week in practice is going to answer those questions. But getting back to it, before we got, well, not before, but after, you know, we realized another waxing by Tennessee, let's not forget, Paris Campbell, Grover Stewart, playing top-notch football, Grover showing that he's one of the best in the NFL, and Paris Campbell, welcome to the NFL. Now let's keep that rolling. Let's keep up uh, what he's doing with, I mean, uh, Paris Campbell last two weeks and stuff. So we do have to look at the outside. I know quarterback plays a huge position, but, J.J., I'm going to start with you. Paris Campbell in this offense, does it stay there? Is it the type of receiver that Sam Ellinger is going to be looking for? And also, if you can, is he going to be able to drop drop a deep ball that we haven't seen yet through seven games this year? Yeah, I I think so. And deep balls are a function of protection in in a lot of ways and a function of calling the right play call against the right defense but what Paris has done such a good job of man he how many catches did he had against Tennessee where he caught it short of the line of gain and he found a way to get beyond the line of gain that that little bit of yak that he keeps getting consistently the extra three four yards has been huge for this offense he looks like a guy who if you need him to run the short stuff he can do it. If you need him to run deep, we have seen him do it. I love that addition of what he can do in the slot in this offense mm-hmm. with Alec Pierce, you know, kind of having the outside the numbers guy, Michael Pittman, the you know, an outside receiver who can win inside the numbers. This the, the weapons are not the problem with this offense. Naheem Hines, you know, looked good uh, in his return. Jonathan Taylor obviously looked good in his return against Tennessee. The weapons are not the problem. Paris Campbell's ascent certainly has been a big part of that. I would say that guys like you just mentioned, Grover Stewart and Paris Campbell, are the reason that you can't tank like so many people think are happening. There is too much buy-in, and you have too many good guys who are in the prime of their careers and have fought so hard the type to have the type of production that we have seen so far that this team deserves to put its best opportunity to win out there for the sake of all the guys who have bought in for what Grover Stewart has done. I mean, last week led the team in tackles and had the most tackles by a D tackle in the NFL so far this season. And one of the things I talked with Frank about on Monday in our conversation was it seemed like Grover has had, you know, this steady progression each and every year. But this has been a leap. I mean, no doubt this Mm -hmm. has been a jump. And he said that a huge credit is to the fit that the Gus Bradley system is, the coaching of Nate Ollie and how well that's worked. But mostly it's on Grover for just investing and immersing himself and the amount of buy-in that he has had to this team. Same thing when you look at the adversity that Paris Campbell has overcome the amount of fight he has proven to get to this point where he is. There's there are too many good things to waste this team. Uh, yeah, JJ, you go ahead with with Paris with Grover. I know the importance of what Grover's doing. I'm going to get to this defense for lastly before we bring Mate back in. But Grover, obviously, that was stupid. How much? I mean, in a great way, how many tackles an interior defensive he's, lineman and he's have? Un- going up I mean, against Derrick Henry, yeah. too. Like, an impossible you know? I mean, man to try like, to take to the gr- to grass. But, yeah. I, but I know we need Paris Campbell. I know we need my, you know, I know we need this and everybody to come around, you know, Ellinger in a way, not physically, but really, you know, hug him with all of the knowledge that this offense has. But the D 
defense guys is playing like playoff, out of their minds. playoff caliber yep. defense, and Shaq Leonard has not been yep. on the field for more than yes. a quarter this year. Where are we at? What's the latest with Shaq, and can this defense carry us to the playoffs? Yeah, well, first of all, the defense can, because right now the one thing this defense has not done is turn the ball over. You get Shaquille Leonard back, the takeaway machine, guy who's going to have you know some punch-outs, he's going to be in the right place for interceptions. That that will eventually start to take care of itself. I'm not sure the Colts are going to be top 10 in the league in takeaways. It's going to be kind of a hard mountain to climb. But over the last 10 games of the season, can they be You're top 10 You're limiting teams on scoring, though. Right. I mean, look at look at what you did to Tennessee in the red zone. The yep. best team in the NFL in the red zone, and what you did yep. on Sunday, that is a huge testament to the level that they're and, playing. And Gus Bradley has had some great defensive game plans. I mean, the, the defensive game plan against Patrick Holmes yeah, in three was City. outstanding. The, the way that they shut down Denver, I know a lot of teams have shut down Denver, but they really shut down Denver in that Thursday night game. Um, this, this defense can play at a level that if your offense can go from being 28th or whatever it is in the NFL into around league average to top half of the league, you're going to have a chance to make the playoffs. Right now, the Colts are a half game out of a playoff spot. This is who, who You walk into that locker room and tell DeForest Buckner and Stephon Gilmore, Guys, we're tanking. Right. You no, do that. Tell me how that goes. Not happening. Not happening. Let's bring in Matt Taylor right here. Maytay, come back in with me for a second here because we got a lot going on. I just want your take. I know it's early in the week, guys. Give me a once-over. The Washington team that's coming in here, obviously they have quarterback problems too. They're number one, Wentz is down. So, <laughs> You're not so, going to like this answer. You know, but but go ahead. They're very good. Taylor sound... Heineke versus Sam Ellinger, yeah. just as we all expected it but, to be. But, you know, a, sound, a pretty sound football team that's in football games, the Washington Commanders. I'll take your word for it because I know nothing about the Commanders. <laughs> okay. I, I am I'm admittedly running behind because of all of this news, trying to put this all together. So I know they're three and four. They started one and four. They've won back-to-back games. They beat the Packers. But yeah, I'm, I'm trying to make sense of who they are because they have a new backup quarterback. We're taping this on Wednesday or Tuesday. I don't even know. He what doesn't day even it know is. day it is. Um, Look at Normally by this point, I'm I'm in a decent shape on the opponent, but I'm not this week. I mean, Taylor Heineke's throwing like literally his eyes are closed passes yeah. to Terry McLaurin. That's Gosh. that's what that's my extent of the of uh, commander's knowledge. That now kid's that good. Taylor Heineke just hey throw up throw it up to Terry yeah. and make a play. Last he, last night was a long night. Tonight's going to be a long night playing catch up. Well, I, I think you look at the identity a lot of this Washington team. You know, Washington football team turned Washington Commanders, but they embrace a lot of the signatures and the personality of their head coach and Ron Rivera. They have a very disruptive defensive front, and that's one of their biggest factors that you have to account for this week. That's going to be what a lot of this hinges on is the intrigue between what they are able to do against this offense with Sam Ellinger that has a lot of question marks and, you know, the production you're going to get. But I think you also look at – Look at the Taylor Heineke story. I don't know if you guys followed it much last year, but it's a guy who had played in the XFL. He was like sleeping I, on he his was a backup in he, the XFL. Backup in the XFL. He was sleeping on his siblings' couch when he finally got the call to play for Washington. Ends up, you know, becoming the starter at one point. It's a team that tends to rally around their guys, and they are they are nasty um, in terms of they're, they're very physical, they love to fight. Again, that goes to their head coach and Ron Rivera, a very well-respected coach. So on the flip side, how does this team rally around Sam Ellinger? Because you talk about a guy who has one of the most inspiring 
captivating stories yeah. in the league, loses his dad when he was 14 years old. I know a lot of people have heard this, but in synopsis, his dad dies from a heart condition while he's competing in a triathlon in San Francisco. So Sam grows up. He's obviously the older brother of a younger brother and a sister, becomes the man of the house, goes on to be a four-year starter at Texas, then gets drafted, fulfills his lifelong dream, celebrates with his family, gets the call from the Colts, gets here to the complex, loses his brother the same week, mm. flies back to Austin, has to give a eulogy for his 22-year-old brother. I, I, there is, here's the thing. Adversity does not scare Sam Ellinger. This is a guy who has been primed to embrace the opportunity when it comes, and that time is now. Can I predict something for Sunday's game? Let's get it. Sam Ellinger's first career touchdown (laughs) will be thrown to his high school teammate, Kylan Granson, for his first career touchdown. Like Let's that. go. Hey, we're West Lake High School, represent. We're, we're with winbet.com, don't forget. Is there any? <laughs> can we get in on some of this action? Hey, Mr. Wynn, can we get in? <laughs> Let me get some of that. It's going to be fun. Bet, yeah. You know what? It's going to be fun. We're going to be talking about it all week leading up to this game. we got a 1 o'clock kick down at Lucas Oil Stadium. No, 425. No, we don't have a one. You sorry. bet don't show Woo! up that early. Woo! 425. Tarek Glenn being inducted Tark in the Ring of Honor. The there are going to be so many great alumni present yep. for yeah. that. Excited. Uh, overdue induction. By the way, yeah, we're, we're talking Tark with, uh, no doubt, we're talking with Tarek today. So we'll have that nice. up maybe later today, tomorrow. But I'll have a story up on Colts.com on Wednesday as well. I talked to Jeff Saturday, Reggie Wayne, and Dwight Freeney about their memories of Tarek. Can't wait, really man. This is going to be fun. The whole week is going to be fun. Colts get back to a winning thing, and the Disney story starts this week with Sam Ellinger. J.J. Stankovitz is here, at J.J. Stankovitz on Twitter, at Lara Overton on Twitter. That's at, me. At Maytay Colts. Guys, it's time to go to the mailbag. Let's open it up. J.J., what do we got? All right, this question is from Brian DeWitt on Twitter. At Witty! Brian, Brian DeWitt, 86. Witty! Witty! Has the NFL moved on from the traditional pocket passer QB to the mobile QB? Hmm. This is like more of an is there existential a right answer question. to that? Is there a, there, I think there is because this year, now bear with me because I'm going to throw some stats at Here you. Jeffrey, you like to Hold say on. the plumbers Matt, won't get. Open up the stat machine real quick. Press some buttons for JJ. <laughs> All right. Here we go. So, 11 teams this year have had a positive EPA, expected points added per play. That's a, an advanced metric. What? It looks huh? a bunch Ex- of stuff. Huh? Trust me. Is that like war in baseball? Yeah. Trust me that this is a, a, good, a good stat, stat. that sums up offense. You don't know success. what I'm talking about, but trust me, this <laughs> exactly. is a good no, Go ahead. So, of those 11 teams, traditionally, they're, a bunch of them are quarterbacked by traditionally mobile quarterbacks. Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Daniel Jones, Jacoby Brissett, Lamar Jackson. The, the, other, one, the other five, there are other five quarterbacks here. Uh, that are athletic. I would describe them as athletic. Patrick Mahomes, Geno Smith, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, Marcus Mariota. The other is Derek Carr, who's not really a statue. Those are the only 11 teams that are averaging, when they have a offensive play, they are more likely to have success on it than not, basically. Does pro football saying. focus have like an urban dictionary that explains <laughs> what all of these like anic- these uh, acronyms yeah, they, they mean? Because okay. tr- I need it. I trust need me on like this one. I don't, for dummies. I don't want what What's Joe Burrow's slugging percentage yeah, according uh, to PFF? Uh, five, five fifty-six. <laughs> but okay, so the the old guard of the NFL, which would probably be Matt Ryan, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford. Yeah, look at where the Packers and the Bucks are right, right. now. Right. So Tampa. 21st in EPA per play. Green Bay, 26th. Indianapolis, 28th. The LA Rams, 29th. Wow. So you're, you're, it, having a mobile quarterback does not guarantee you success. But it is becoming harder and harder with the way defenses are playing. And defenses have kind of caught up to offenses over the last couple of years to win with a quarterback who can only win from the pocket. 
that is where you're seeing it's not just the Colts, but you're seeing the Buccaneers score three points against the Panthers. The Packers drop games to the Jets and the Commanders in consecutive weeks. It is hard to just win from the pocket in today's NFL. Here's the thing. I think that if you're going to win that way, you have to have elite offensive line play. Right. That's what it hinges on. You have to complement that, and you know that is the difference that you see with teams that are able to be successful. So I think that is, that's one of the things as well. If you don't right. have that elite offensive line production, then, yeah, you got to have more options. So the bottom line is, according to the stats, and, and we'll take your word for it, J.J., but <laughs> – <laughs> it's, just, it's good to have a guy that can do both or yep. can do it all. Right. And I think going back to what we talked about earlier, uh, Jeffrey, it, it, it does appear that Sam's arm strength and his velocity is is grossly improved from last year that he can make all the throws now. He can make that long comeback or that deep out, again, the dig, the over, that he – the, those secondary throws over linebackers between safeties, those are the throws that I don't think he was going to attempt last year. I mean, in, in, in training camp in 2021, everything was quick rhythm, mm-hmm. seven, eight, nine yards down the field. There wasn't a lot of pushing the ball down the field. Now, that was the exact opposite of what we saw in the preseason this year with big completions down the field, the Desmond Patman and the scramble for 45 yards. So it appears that Sam Ellinger has – a lot of tools in his skill set that he can be successful in being a scramble guy and being a traditional pocket passer when the Colts need him to be. But listen, there's going to be a lot of mistakes. Absolutely, there's going to be a lot of mistakes. So a lot Frank, of bumps Frank the admitted road, that. Frank admitted right? that up front. Yeah. Okay, let's go. But it's going to be so much fun. Though. But you're like, going to you've got to figure gonna, out what you have. Yes, you've there's gotta, no doubt. You've got to allow him to make mistakes and then see how quickly he recovers from them. That's Where, when you have to figure out what you've got. No, no question. Where does Sam Ellinger? What's the ceiling? Where where is he in the equation of how bold, how daring do we need to be <laughs> yep. in the draft next offseason yeah. to get the franchise quarterback? Is if Ellinger goes seven and three and the Colts make the playoffs, let's go. It, hey, it, know, it lessens it lessens your yep. urgency for a quarterback. It also I, I, lessens the stock you have and where <laughs> where you are in terms of your draft pick. You know, a year ago the the Eagles were kind of in a rough way to start the season. Uh, and Nick Sirianni figured something out with Jalen Hurts. This is when they were t- they were gardening analogies and yeah, they were yeah. potting plants. And people were and... like, "Oh, Nick Sirianni! Oh, what a dope!" And now he's the best coach in the NFL. So, what do people know? Um, he has an undefeated team. I, I mean, yeah, yeah. He's up there with. You I know, mean, some best guys. coach in the NFL when you've got Bill Belichick. I don't know. Who got waxed by the Bears last night? And still, can't figure out who's still, starting quarterback. Still the best be. coach in the um, NFL. But the point is, you can figure these things out during a season with, you know. You you know the Sirianni changed their whole offensive philosophy last year. The Colts are changing their whole offensive philosophy right now. This is not a you got to be willing to take some season. risks. You got to be willing to take some risks. One last thing on EPA. Uh, ben Solak from the Ringer just wrote this story literally like three minutes before we started recording. EPA per dropback type in the 2020 season pass attempt it's above zero, so it's positive two point zero point two one. Just trust me on these numbers. A sack, EPA per play, is negative 1.6. A scramble is 0.508. So basically, a scramble is worth like four times more than a sack in the NFL. That is where the league is going right now, where if you have a quarterback who can scramble – that is much more valuable than a traditional pocket Love passer. It. I needed to hear it. Wind up getting you sad. guys, you guys know where I can get a good EPA. I know. Like I need an EPA. <laughs> but JJ, oh, I'd, I'd like a hazy. I'd like a hazy EPA <laughs> myself. It's that time of year. I would. Uh, I'd go with you guys, but I got to be somewhere around Christmas. So. <laughs>
I'm going to bail out on the EPAs right or the love IPAs it. right now. Listen, Brian DeWitt, thank you. Let's give him a little love. Can we send him a uh, gift or something? Isn't there? We'll send him an EPA. Witty, witty, witty. witty. Yeah, All right. That one's on you. Let's send him. We're going to send a free, you a, a free pro football focus account. <laughs> a free login. Don't forget. A free we, glossary. <laughs> we got a lot coming Urban to you this Dictionary. week. You can listen to Frank Reich recap the game against the Titans. Shed some light out. That's a Colts Roundtable Live. Happens on Monday nights. Daily updates. Tuesday through Thursday, 93.5107.5. Inside football with the great Rick Venturi. That drops on Wednesday with Maytay. The blueprints on beating the commanders. Know your foe. In a rear, Sam Fortier. Am I saying that right? You are. Sam Fortier. Not bad. From Washington. He will catch up. <laughs> know your foe with Casey Vallier, Billy Brooks. Friday, Colts Happy Hour, JMV, 93.5107.5. Sunday night. We love this. This is gaining a lot of steam. The instant reaction. That's going to be from, a late one. Right. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if it's going to be Sunday You're working overtime. Night. J.J. Stankovitz, Bill Brooks had the Sunday night podcast called Instant Reaction After Each Colts Games. Good stuff, guys. Thank you very much to uh, Brian DeWitt. Uh, for your Twitter question. We do that week in and week out. We're going to applaud you and send you gifts eventually once we get our crap right here at the Colts <laughs> official podcast. Time now, Maytay. Bring, take it away. Yeah. you got a random thought of the week. we got that time of year, too. On, on a much lighter note, it's it's been one heck of a 48-hour period here. My head's hurting. So let's 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 go much lighter here. Halloween. i got kids. JJ's got kids. Jeffrey probably has kids somewhere. Oh. Uh, that's, <laughs> hey, that's disrespectful. Wow. My goodness. Good <laughs> he's a great he's a great guy though. Uh, I want to know This podcast now brought to you by 23 and me. <laughs> <laughs> DNA test somewhere. <laughs> Lord, now I got to make some calls. Are you sure? I need to game on Mari Mari Pavich or something. Um I need to know guys when you were growing up uh going trick or treating, uh Easy. what what was the least which which candy was was the least attractive to you? Were you most been out of shape that you got? Licorice of any Kind. Uh, ooh, absolute okay. trash ooh, okay. get that cherry flavored wax yeah. or that wet whatever that weird <laughs> wow, black call. stuff is no yeah, no kinda, absolute garbage no. on you with this I, i'm on you with this because i was on a golf course a few weeks ago and a guy offered me a twizzler or whatever it's called a red vine oh, God. and i was like yeah let me have that and i spit it out no I mean, yeah, it was just couldn't it do was, it. It was it was it was it was stale gum with sugar. Absolutely, that's all it was. absolutely. You, you know go take I mean? a Yankee candle and <laughs> yeah. just shove that yeah. straight uh-huh. in your mouth, and that's yeah. what you're getting. Exact same, exact same. Uh. And like I love, like I love candy. Like I am, like I am, uh, like I love candy. Not that, but no, absolutely not. I, I have no tolerance. Twizzler is the correct answer, but the second most correct answer is almond joy. Which is a terrible candy. Get, get out of the studio. It is awful. Get him out of here. Right awful now. candy. Get him out of here. Trash candy. Those lo- little coconut oh, flakes well, yeah, in there. No, feel like you're on an like island. If I'm having, if I'm it's having... supposed to be just joyful and rejoicing. No, there's if no I'm joy sunshine. in sunshine. Terrible. <laughs> if I'm having coconut, it better be in a pina colada. That's the only. That's the only way I'm getting it. Almond joy is absolute garbage. No, I'm not taking this. Not taking. I do this. I do. Sweetest fish. Who gives oh, out lo- Swedish fish? I like fish. Swedish oh, fish. God. I can get on some wow. Swedish fish. Ikea shoppers? <laughs> That's who gives that out, man. Might as well just throw a big old, like, a hunk of, of uh, what do you call those, red vines or the, the gum, the big red gum. Just throw that. Okay, it's all wait. mint. No, no, no. Hold on. So I don't get a lot of trick-or-treaters at my house. I mean, like, the Broad Ripple area, so it, it's just, we don't get a lot. Yeah. What are the Taylor and Stankovitz children dressing up as? Mm. This Halloween, I saw a picture actually of JJ's kids. I'm sorry. Hold on to that thought. If you guys are taking your kids out for Halloween, you have to dress up too, Dad and Dad. I'm just telling you right now. May take JJ. Could, if could you're not, not disagree more. If yeah. you're not dressed up with your kids, what are we doing? 
I mean, it's a family did, function. Did your dad dress up with you? Put it, yeah, a little bit. But then finally he's like, Dad, get out of here. I don't want that. <laughs> Maytay, throw here, a Dad. mask on, throw yeah. a jersey on, something, guys. I mean, All it's right. Halloween. I don't Fine. remember Superman having to wear a jacket. Fine. Any right. Seinfeld you, you reference here? Jer- you want me to throw a jersey on? All right, I'll throw my uh, Edger and James jersey on. Yes. Or uh, I got a Chase Daniel there Mizzou jersey. I'll throw that on. Okay. Uh, Let's see. Here's the new trend. The new trend is people don't. You don't go to the. I think COVID had something to do with this, but people don't ring the doorbell anymore because you just people, hang out in the driveway, people right? People just hang out in a fire pit in the driveway and just hand out candy. Kind of takes the so, the romanticism out of it. So I I had this discussion yesterday with some friends who we uh, we were walking back with our kids uh, from a, a trunk or treat event at my kids' daycare where you know all the there teachers you go. deck out their cars, they get a bunch of candy. Yeah, and I was like, I, what I really want is my kids to be old enough where they go trick-or-treating, but I still have to go with them. I don't dress up, but I got the wagon, and I got a cooler, got some drinks in it, got some snacks. We just kind of walk around. Okay, not bad. You know, around the neighborhood, have a couple drinks, and uh, they're nowhere near that. Like, if we make it to four and a half houses, my kids, by the way, to answer Lara's, Lara's question, they're going as excavators. It's their favorite thing, excavators, construction equipment. My dad put together an excavator kit for them where it has a functioning, functioning arm Wait, and a, a boom and a bucket. They so they're like operate. in the driver's seat, right? Yes. It's, I, we're going to wow. need photos. Yeah, we'll, cool. we'll, we'll have some photos. They want to move um, dirt. The kids want to move yeah, dirt. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Wow. They will be in those for maybe a minute. It's hard to walk in them now because it's got a full boom and a bucket. I cannot emphasize that enough. This is a functioning boom and a bucket. You want to talk about being in the trenches. That's some yeah. stink hey, of it. Will you dress up at all? You and Tucker do something on Saturday in Broadway? <laughs> no. Uh, no. Monday night after no. the Washington game? No, you know, we don't really. Come um, on, nothing? I have, in the past, I've dressed up Tugboat uh, yeah, as the to. Beast from the Sandlot. Well, he's 250 pounds, so yeah. yeah so then I'll, I just kind of throw on my Dodgers baseball cap and I'm Benny the Jet all of a sudden, right. you know. So we'll do something like that. I might dress up. It is a Monday here at the Complex, so I, I have an idea on a costume that I, I might break out if, I don't know, if, I, if I'm okay, feeling good. it Okay, good. Let me just answer that real quick when we're talking about candy. Anything with marshmallow, you're, I'm throwing you in the crib. Or, n- un- okay. or not name brand candy. Like, wh- how cheap are you? I know. That, yeah, it's like... How about, I, how about the, like, the, the orange thing wrapped up? Looks like a peanut. Terrible. Who gives that A couple oh. of gifts. By the way, don't do this. Don't do an apple. Don't do fruit. Toothbrush. I don't, I don't, no. don't do Don't do your five pennies that I used to get. <laughs> I don't have time for your five pennies. A donation pennies. to UNICEF. You know, Mrs. Johnson. I don't have time for that sort of thing. So anything with marshmallow is for me. And Did by the way... Did we get an answer on the Maytay's costumes, by the way? Why, anything from your kids? What are they dressing uh, up as? The, Hayden's going as a tiger, and Molly is going uh, as... I think uh, her name's... A gazelle. Addison from Zombies. Okay. I thought, it was, a, I thought it was a, a theme. He's going. Addison's going as no. a tiger. No. no Hayden, Hayden, Hayden going is going as, as, see, as a tiger. Now I have more children that I don't know about. <laughs> this is the second time in like two months you've done this to me on the podcast. How, how are those kids? <laughs> yes, anyway, how are little Susie doing today? Uh, no, Molly is, is going as Addison from Zombies. It's a Disney Madison, show. Okay, Madison. And, and uh, Hayden. Hayden is going as the classic tiger. Fair enough. you got to throw something on, Mate. It's Halloween. Yeah. Do it with the kids. All right. Listen, I enjoy this. This is fun. I hate March mellow candy so that's my answer to things at lara overton at may take colts at jj stankovitz guys anything before we cut this thing off and uh and say goodbye till next week the commanders are coming into town again thank you lara 425 kickoff at lucas yes, oil stadium I got what do you. we expect give me something a little, a little crystal ball sam ellinger error starts i already I already gave you mine first career touchdown goes to kylan grant kylan grant beautiful it, i mean listen the colts are interesting the colts are interesting i, I know they're record wise they're off to a slow start three three and one but 
the one thing you can't say about this franchise in the last four plus years is they're dull mm. because there's always something going uh, on. True. I'm going to go with Jonathan Taylor goes for over 100 rushing yards and two touchdowns. Really? Okay. I've got a little Moelle Cox sighting coming oh, back I on love this. That. Big tight end day for our guys against Washington. I'm just taking a guess there. But, Sam Ellinger, we all wish you the best. Can't wait to watch you do what you do. And hopefully you're here for the next 12 years. For Matt Taylor, Lara Overton, J.J. Stankovic, this is the Colts' official podcast presented to you by, we are presented to you rather by our friends at WinBet. Appreciate the time. Let's go, Colts. Any information you need right now, it doesn't matter, 3 in the morning, you find it at Colts.com. Talk to you later.